Go to Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, heard weekday mornings at 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. You can hear the huge show tape delayed weeknights at 6 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. Before I get your thoughts on what happened after the Michigan-Michigan State game, when you heard the news that Hawk had been traded, what's the first thing that went through your mind? I said Bill's going to be a little bit down today. Because he had them at no worse than ten and seven this fall, they can still finish ten and seven if they win nine of their last ten. And he's going to be a little discouraged that that guy went to a divisional rival. That's the first thing I thought. I actually said nine and seven. I said the top side would be ten and seven. Uh, that was after they were one and one. I started looking at the schedule, playing that game. That really worked out. I'll tell you what: two years of the Campbell Holmes era between my Stafford prediction. And now this, that may be why my blood pressure is 1090 over 980 right now. Well, when I see this Sheila Ford Hamp talk and represent an NFL ownership bill, come on. Among the 32 teams, does she look like she's the one amongst those 32 teams that has an idea along the bloodlines of the Ford family of how the NFL is successful? Come on. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I never get, it, it's, it's more amazing to me how games get, like the Miami game. I was outside, they're up, you know, big at the half, and I thought Miami was so due to lose this game. And the Lions have come so close in some of these games. So, you know, and then they go from 27 at halftime and get shut out in the second half and lose again. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, I would think if you're ever going to beat Green Bay at home, you've got them in disarray, but I have trouble in the office finding anybody that thinks that they're going to beat Aaron Rodgers, so we'll see. Yeah, I think they're going to get drilled by Green Bay. Your team sees a top two player go. You, you, your coach has made horrific decisions that has cost you games. You're inconsistent. Uh, you're playing Rodgers and the Packers where their season may be on the line. I don't know how the Lions stay within 10 points of Rodgers on well, Sunday. So in the aftermath of Hawkinson, they now have for next year two first-round picks, two second-round picks, two third-round mm. picks, and five of the top 65. That sounds fantastic for a team that knows how to draft. But how do you know that with those picks, they're going to pick somebody that's going to help them right away? I don't have a shred of confidence that they have a clue as to how to. I mean, even this Jamison Williams, I would never have taken a, in their situation when the guy was fully healthy. That made sense. He's not fully healthy, and they got and they were completely buffaloed. They kept telling you, well, you know, by the end of the summer, well, you know, by the first month, well, you know, by October. Now you wonder is he ever going to come back at all? And when you're one and six, why bring it back at all anyway? I mean, it's just mind-boggling to me that they are so inept at every single thing uh, they do. And in my opinion, it starts right at the ownership, and it's been that way for years. It has not changed. It's been that way for years. You know, Tim, uh, people coming at me at Huge Show on Twitter saying, hey, the draft picks will help them uh, get where they need to go quicker. And I'm like, someone sent me that direct message. And I'm going, so what What? What has Holmes or Campbell done that gives you sincere faith given 22 all-pro players they could still manage that team to be the best in the NFC North or even a playoff team? Well, and I think, you know, the whole issue with them is they have a number of veterans, including Goff, that they're going to have to decide whether they extend them or not or take the cap space and then try to sign free agents. But I'm not convinced free agents would take all that money and go to Detroit because they want to win and they don't win. So, I mean, look, the guy's 419-1. 
And it's every single time. You know, when they brought in Quinn and Patricia, oh, man, these guys are from the New England Patriots. They've got that pedigree, fantastic. And they couldn't run him out of town fast enough. Now they get this guy. He's a player's coach at his home. This guy was a big deal on the West Coast, blah, blah, blah. And now they're 4-19-1. and I mean, it's almost, it's almost mystical that anybody that they put into authority every single time does not have a shred of success. It's mind-boggling. It's all, like I say, it's almost like divine no. intervention. Because you can't make it up. I'm going to tell you why, Tim. And I'm, I'm going to say this. Because they're not hiring anybody with experience in the position they're hiring them into. You keep taking guys who have been assistants and not head coaches. You take a guy who was director of uh, scouting or assistant GM like Holmes. They need somebody who's been a GM. And they need to go hire Sean Payton, let him pick the GM. And that's how you do it. Just how just how Stevie Y is doing it with the wings right now, even though what they give up like 11 last night. Or eight. It was like eight last night, whatever it was. They got drilled. Well, I pre- it's like I predicted. I said, I think Bill's going to – I said it on the show at the end of the day. to me. Well, what do you think of the Hawkins deal? I said, the only thing I think is, is Bill's going to be a little down on the Lions because he usually has Monday, but stayed in Michigan, wiped the Lions on oh. Monday. They bumped, they bumped him to Tuesday, but don't worry, he'll make up for it today. Oh, and the Lions, the Lions were totally off the radar because of the Michigan State, Michigan melee that we'll get to in a moment, and they went back front and center by trading Hawk before the NFL trading deadline today. They don't understand the fan impact. The Ford family has never been connected to the fans. The coaches don't care. They're all getting paid. They think they got all the time in the world. This reminds me of Quinn and Patricia. It really does, and Dan is a much more likable guy uh, than Patricia, a million times better. But it's not about good guys. It's about coaches who can mold this team, can in-game find strategy to counter what they're doing, and you see none of that from Campbell. Yeah, well, you got to pace yourself because you got 10 more games to get through yet. And some of those games don't look like they're going to be too easy to me. And don't determine Thanksgiving dinner on their chances of winning at Oh, Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I hear you. I'm not even going to watch it. I'm going to watch planes, trains, and automobiles. That's what yeah, I'm going to do. I hear you. I'm not going to watch it. I, I will DVR it. Uh, there's no way I'm going to let that ruin a holiday when, you know, the Christmas decorations are going up and you're hanging around relatives you can't stand. I'm not going to let anybody ruin that. Yeah, I hear you. There's 10, 10 more of these things to go. Brace yourself. That's uh, exactly right. Uh, Never brace can. yourself. Uh, uh, Roger, this is uh, your captain. I'm Tim Stout. I'll be flying uh, Lions Airways. we got 10 more flights, so welcome aboard. All right, Tim. Uh, what's the, the, the feeling of people you know connected to Michigan State about what happened in that tunnel Saturday night after the Michigan loss and where it's at right now and where it will be moving forward, short-term, long-term? Well, in my opinion, it was a divided fan base in the first place for a variety of different reasons. I mean, I think a lot of these people, Bill, you know, they went 11-2 and last year, and we got a high-paid guy and blah, blah, blah. We got all these recruits and blah, blah, blah. Boy, wait till this year. And then you beat two MAC teams easily in the first two weeks, and then the bottom completely, completely 
for the most part, has fallen out. Even the one win in the last six games was at home in double overtime against a team that had already fired its coach. So I think there already was a great deal of despair there. I never found anybody around here who ever legitimately thought they could beat Michigan. Okay, and then the way that you know the way the game played out, you know, was kind of a, a downer game in a variety of different ways. Anyway, because they were so inept on offense, they didn't give up a lot of points. But Michigan still scored seven times if you count the field goals. Then you get the aftermath. I I, I think it's a fractured fan base. I think there's a lot of discouragement. I think a lot of them are braced to wait and see how this is going to play out legally and with the Big Ten. My sense is there are more players are going to be involved with suspensions from the Big Ten as early as tomorrow and at least one noteworthy player for sure. And and whether or not they all come back or any come back or if there's a fine, I mean, I think a lot of people here were fully embarrassed. This video has gone all over the country. It's been on all the national programs uh, it, it's just, it, look, it's been a bizarre year. It's been a year that nobody saw coming after they beat Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl. We got, uh, you know, we lost Walker, but we got all these guys back. We got the quarterback back, and we got all these guys in a transfer portal, and, and on and on and on it went. And then the first two games, frankly, didn't really give you a clue that they might be in trouble. And, of course, as they say, you know, the rest is history. So, but that said, First of all, if you just said to me in August, come November 5th, Illinois is going to be a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over Michigan mm. State when they play, I would have said you're absolutely stone nuts. And yet, Illinois is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not quite sure why. I'm not totally sold on Illinois. That said, if somehow Michigan State could get its act together and somehow win there, which I don't necessarily think will happen, but if that would happen, Bill, They've got home games with Rutgers and Indiana. You would think those would be reasonably winnable. Suppose they were. That would give them three in a row, six and five, guaranteed bowl bet, and at least the rhetoric going to the final game at Penn State would be if we win, we finish with four straight wins, seven and five, and we get a, a, a you know better bowl bet. Now, there's 8,000 ifs in there. I get all that. However, if you're selling your players on what you're still playing for, to me, this season is Illinois. If they lose that game and they get to three and six, then all bets are off because I think dissension. I listened to two of their, but they only made two guys available today and they made the media wait an hour and they told the media, don't ask them about Saturday. They're not allowed to comment on it, which of course made it mostly a waste of time. So Henderson and Thorne basically commented on the state of the team. Well, like they say, they hope they stay together. They hope they kind of somehow pull it together, that they don't splinter apart. And somehow they hope they go and play well at Illinois. I mean, we'll find out Saturday. If if they do win it, I, I think, frankly, in a mild way, there's a way they could salvage something. But if they don't win it, you know, I mean, you just do the numbers. They'd be three and six. And they're probably going to lose to Penn State anyway. And then you got a losing season after an 11 to two. And, the thought will be that their coach, who they put on this pedestal in his four-year college coaching career, will have had three losing seasons. That's not opinion. That's just what the facts would be. Tim Stalvin, start on Sports in our Philly. The game, 7.30 a.m. You can hear Timmy weekday mornings at 10 a.m. The huge show is taped delayed weeknights, 6 until 9 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. You said that you thought a prominent player could be suspended uh, by the Big Ten. Are you hearing that behind the scenes? 
Well, I think most of the media that covers Michigan State, Bill, who's looked at this video carefully, is concerned about linebacker Jacoby Winman because a lot of the media believe that it's a possibility he's going to get he's going to get suspended moving forward because the four that were suspended Sunday were the first four obvious. You know, look, Michigan State made that move as a preemptive strike against the Big Ten saying, you guys haven't done a thing. So by doing that, it shows the Big Ten and everyone else were very concerned about this. It's not acceptable. That's what Tucker went ad nauseum saying yesterday. So if we have a preemptive strike, does that lessen the blow once the Big Ten gets done with us? The media around the unit, around the program amongst itself, after searching through this video endlessly, believes that Winman, who's the three-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, uh, you know, has, has done pretty well since they moved him to linebacker, that he looks like he possibly could be vulnerable if the Big Ten is going to add any more names to that. Take it for whatever it's worth. Tim, I take everything of value from you, or from you, it has value on the Huge Show. I'm trying to figure that out. You know, before I go, I listened to you and Comp yesterday, and I think the issue there, Comp's on the show every Thursday, I think, Bill, the point he was trying to make was not to deflect blame. I think what he was saying to you was that when Franklin made his complaint against Michigan, the mistake he made with you is he said Harbaugh could have changed the tunnel. I don't think that's what he really means. I think what he meant was when you've got a rivalry coming up like Michigan State and you just had a problem in the tunnel with another tough team and there were some issues in that tunnel, maybe the University of Michigan can say, hey, let's in advance, let's figure out a way to avoid any issues from a rivalry game that's emotional and figure out a way to separate these teams going up and down the tunnel. I I think that's what he meant by the fact that that's where Michigan – you know, might have reacted. Now, obviously, Harbaugh said right away, well, he's a whiner and all that, and there's some, you know, there's some personal issues between these coaches. I, I, there, when I listened to what Harbaugh said yesterday about the criminality, I thought to myself, he must not think two cents worth of Tucker because he has really let Michigan State have it over this issue. And as you've listened to Harbaugh through the years, you know, he's pretty reserved in a lot of ways what he says. On this issue, he's just come out swinging completely from the fences against Michigan State. I don't think Comp meant to say that the Michigan State was blameless. I think he thought in hindsight, after that complaint from Penn State, might we, as an athletic department, look at a way, could we be very careful with this tunnel issue on two teams in there, given the fact that we have a rival coming up? I don't want to speak for him. That's what I read into it as to what he was telling you. Like I told Comp yesterday, and I've told everybody on Twitter, Facebook, in person, a lot of conversation about my interview with him. I respect his opinion. He has a right to his opinion. I have a right to mine. You have a right to yours. Ballas does to his. All's good, man. I, I don't. I don't. When it comes to political or sports opinions, I don't judge my friends or the people I work right. with on their sports or political opinions. They want to get personal. No, then it, then it yeah. gets to another level. I was driving to the airport to pick up my wife, and I heard he was coming on. So as usual, I stuck with it the whole way. And look, both of you know what you're doing. Both of you have a good rapport. Both of you, and I love ballast. Nobody knows that thing like he does. So whenever those guys are on, I the only reason I know what I know is because I listen to those two guys. <laughs> They're both good, and uh, I'll I'll continue with Jim with ballast. Uh, I I never will tell them what to think, what to say, and I can disagree. They can disagree with me, and we all move sure. on. 
Timmy, I love you. Always appreciate you listening. Keep up the great work on the game 730 a.m. in Lansing. Good, Bill. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Yeah, he is a good man on and off air. Tim Stout from the Stout on Sports Broadcast. Remember the huge show tape delayed weeknight 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. on the game 730 a.m. in Lansing.